Anyone and everyone, Major Tom and the Spiders of Mars, the audio performance you are about to enjoy discusses casinos and gambling. We do not recommend gambling with money you cannot afford to lose or that is needed to pay bills. If you have a gambling problem, contact your problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and provide it to you. Our hosts' past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including his own. All materials presented here are based on actual facts. Names and dates are changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. Some events unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Rambling Gambler, and I gotta tell you, I'm a little worked up. There's a man out there calling my name, saying that when it comes to the game of casino gambling, he is the GOAT, the greatest of all time, and that he should be on our show, our show. I said, well, fine, I guess you can be the GOAT, but there's only one boat, the best of all time, and that's me, TRG. You wanna be on our show? You wanna be on the number one gambling podcast of 2022? What's in it for the squad? What's in it for TRG? What does having you on do to help someone, anyone, anywhere do casino combat? Well, GOAT, you said you'd get back to me on that. You said you'd have an answer. That was a month ago. I'm waiting. I'm right here. Still styling, still profiling, still wearing the tiger's eye ring on my right hand. Still wearing the 10 ounces of sterling silver on my left hand. Suited and booted. Still the boat. Still the best of all time. Woo! Welcome to episode 102 of our Casino Combat Podcast. If this is your first time or your next time, I appreciate the gift of your time. I really do. Which is why I'm not wasting our interview time with some poser pretending to be a gambler and writing a book about how you can shift the odds, how you can finesse the game. We're not shifting odds. The odds are established by the mass. We're not finessing the game. A poser thinking he should tell me the questions to ask so he can provide canned answers? No thanks. I'll wait until he tells me how that interview benefits all of you. And if it does, I'll happily do it. I'll happily put the title of boat best of all time up against his credentials any day. But it's got to help you. It's got to help our podcast. We're not just going to help him promote him for his benefit. That's not how this goes. Not how this goes at all. Just a quick bit of squad news, just a little bit of what's going on in the Casino Combat Galaxy. Inner Circle member Virginia Casino player Doug has just let us know that his soon-to-be home casino is opening in mid-January 2023, ahead of schedule. I think we are all looking forward to hearing about his journey as he goes through the process of being able to more regularly take on the game of casino gambling. All right, let's see what we should talk about today. I've got to take a look since I actually recorded a couple of these segments a while back. I'm hoping that gets uh, more episodes more quickly. Uh, Let's see how that goes. We are going to start with a new segment. We're going to start with a new segment. I suspect you're either going to love or hate this. I got back from the casino and I was seeing the casino floor in my mind in a weird way, in a unique way for the first time ever. Okay, let me do me. Let me tell you the story about the new segment. If you are familiar with the movie Terminator, and if you're not, you should be, let's be honest, but if you're familiar with the movie Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character sees the world with a digital display of threats, targets, opportunities, etc. Kind of a heads-up display, kind of like a heads-up display in a jet or a sports car. And that's usually how I see casinos. Empty seat, dealer, pit boss, don't like him, oh hey, there's some alleys, it just kind of runs in front of my face. I just kind of see the casino that way. It all gets reviewed. It gets reviewed quickly. It gets reviewed automatically. And I'm navigating the crowd. And I'm moving to where I want to be and do what I need to do. I didn't see the casino that way recently. I saw it in a very, very different way. And to explain that, we are going to do a new segment. A segment that I'm calling a moment of concepts. Concepts spelled with a K, of course. But we are going to have a moment of concepts segment and I don't know if you're going to like it or not. It it may be too weird. I don't know. We're going to see. I'll take your feedback, good or bad. After that, we're going to do a questions my son asks segment. I want to cover both a question that was recently asked in the Casino Combat 
Facebook group. The Casino Combat Squad is a Facebook group. We had a lot of interactions going on there. There was a question there that I thought was really good. And I also want to talk about a comment another player made that needs to be addressed in an educational way for all of you. I think you'll find that interesting. I think there's a, a, a chance to teach some things there. After that, I'm going to do a results segment for you and see what was fun, interesting, and informative about the first couple of weeks of November 2022. And after that, boy, after that, we are going to the virtual VIP lounge. We are going to pop some bottles. I've had a project in mind for a while, something that I think is fun, something I hope all of you are going to enjoy. I finally felt like I had won enough that I could put some money into a podcast vanity project that I've been wanting to do. I can't wait to share it with you, and we are going to do that when we get to the virtual VIP lounge. That's it. Pretty simple. I'm not sure what T-Rex is going to put together for this, but after the new sound from old T-Rex, we are going to have a moment of concepts. All right, welcome to a very original segment, the first time ever on our Casino Combat Podcast. Welcome to a moment of concepts. And of course, we spell concepts with a K. This is admittedly one of those concepts where I just got back from the casino. I have this kind of idea in my head and I'm, I'm just trying to capture it. And then we'll find a, we'll find an episode for T-Rex to put it in, uh, at, at whatever point where it makes sense. But I, I wanted to capture this idea I had walking into the casino today. And it's about core concepts, two of them specifically. One of the core concepts make house minimum wagers. Find bets with the minimum house advantage and make those wagers. That's one of the concepts in my head as I'm sitting here in front of the microphone in the Glorious Casino Combat Studios. And then the other core concept that's in my, that's on my mind is win a small set amount and leave. And normally those are things I discuss as math, right? I discuss the math of the wager. I discuss the unit size, the, the bank roll, the, you know, how much we're going to, how many units we're going to try to win versus how many units we're going to try to bet. And those are core concepts things. And when I do moments of wisdom, I'm often talking about casino wisdoms, but I've, I've started to get a little more into, um, what do I want to say here? Mystical concepts, religious concepts quantum physics concepts, a little bit like when we talked about Schrodinger's card and having cards face down and how what the quantum physics of that tells us about the, the status of that card until it's viewed. I'm admittedly coming at this for you from a weird way, but I think it's a weird way that maybe is informative, is educational, is going to show you an I, these ideas from a slightly different way. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I guess worst case is you aim, email me or you message me and you say, you know, that concept, that, uh, that, that content, that segment, that episode TRG, that stunk. Okay. I'll take that. If that's where we end up, then that'll be good feedback. But the upside is that there's this cool thing that happens every once in a while is that I get an email from somebody and they say, you changed how I look at gambling. And I'll take at this point in the process, I will take two people saying, I didn't really like that part to have one person say that that changed how I see things. And I hope you'll bear with me if you're in the I don't like it category. Famous professional wrestler Mick Foley, one of the greatest of all time, in his first uh, autobiographical, easy for me to say, book, said that he viewed wrestling events as a circus. Not everyone is going to like every act. But if you don't like the trapeze, then hopefully you'll like the lion tamer. If you don't like the lion tamer, then hopefully you'll like the, the clowns or, or some other parts of the show. And, and that's kind of, if you don't like it, I hope you like a lot of the other stuff that we're going to do in this episode. That would be my case. So here's the mystical, religious, quantum physics point of view on kind of how I see these two concepts being applied in the casino, a different way to look at it. And so I want you to imagine you're walking into the casino, any casino of your choice, and imagine that all of the wagers, all the possible wagers are a big ball of energy. 
And in that big ball of energy, all of those wagers, both winning and losing, for every wager in the entire building, is a different little colored dot. And now we, as people who know how to do casino combat, we as people who have learned how to approach this, we start like uh, like Tony Stark, right? If Tony Stark could build that big ball of energy for me as a hologram, right? Then he would start swiping and different pieces of the wagers would go away. So for the purpose of this conversation, first of all, we swipe away all the pushes because the pushes don't matter. That's the first thing that we can do. And then we swipe away and we eliminate all the things, all the high house advantage bets that we're not going to make. Whoosh, all those go away. So we've, we've eliminated all the pushes. We've eliminated all the, the high house advantage bets that we're not going to make. And the ball is still huge. It's still a huge ball of all the possible bets and all the possible outcomes. And I mean, when I say that, I mean every circle, right? Every single circle on every single game. But we've eliminated all but the few circles in the building that have a very small house advantage. That's one of our core concepts. We're going to make wagers with the house of the minimum house advantage, right? And now doing that, we want to, from those dots, from those dots of reasonably good bets, what do we know about those dots? Well, however many dots there are, there are slightly more, just percentage-wise, slightly more losing dots than winning dots. Just a few more. That's the total house advantage for every spot in the casino combined. And now what we want to do is we want to sit down at one or more of those dots, not knowing at that moment if it is a winning or a losing dot, but knowing that there are just a few more losing dots than winning dots, we want to go through our process, TRG1, TRG2, TRG4, whatever your preference is. Ideally, we are going to meta Martingale if our bankroll will allow it, and we just want to find a few more winning dots than losing dots out of that big ball of energy. We just want to find a few more moments than we should where we win. And since there are literally all these dots, and we just want to have a slight taste of the better dots out of this, we want to collect a few more better dots than losing dots, and then leave. That's all we're trying to do. And that is a very mystical, metaphysical, religious, quantum physics way of thinking about all the possibilities and how we can overcome the probability by applying these two core concepts and perhaps seeing it all in a different way. This can all work because we've eliminated all but the best wagers. The house has only a very small advantage and we have tools for managing that and one of those tools for managing those bets with a very small house advantage is leaving when we've won a very small amount we just need a very small ratio to go our way we need a very small portion more winning bets than losing bets and we're going to have a winning day and i hope that you found this idea of a moment of concepts interesting I hope you found looking at the game of winning casino gambling this way something interesting, something fun. Maybe it sparked another thought process in your head. But when you walk into the casino the next time, imagine that big ball of energy. Imagine all those dots that are all the possible wagers and all the possible ways those wagers can go. And then realize that most of those are going away. You have an advantage because you're only going to make the wagers with the smallest possible house advantage, and you're going to make those wagers knowing that you're trying to win a very small set amount. All right. I hope that was fun, or you saw it in a fun way. The next thing we're going to do is questions my sons ask. What? What? My sons ask questions about gambling. Listeners ask questions about gambling. Squad mates ask questions about gambling. Sometimes strangers are uninformed and say really stupid things about gambling that I feel I need to share with all of you. And I got a couple of those for you today as we do this questions my sons ask segment. So first up, 
in the first in the Facebook group, uh, Casino Combat Squad in the squad group, not on the official page. One of our squad members asked the question: When I'm using TRG two, always be grinding, and I get to the end of the shoe, do I continue with the next wager in the system at the start of the shoe, or do I record results for the shoe and start over? And Billy saw that, and he sent it over to me, Billy, Billy with the great last name, and I said, yep, next episode, the class is finally ready. I have been waiting like over a year for someone to ask this, for someone to understand things well enough to know that this is a question that needs to be asked. The reality is that there are many right answers to this question. In fact, there are answers that aren't even included in the question, and I am so, 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 so happy that we are at the point where we can have this conversation together, where the knowledge is out there enough and the tries are out there enough that you're, you're seeing that this is a question that needs to be asked. And the answer is, it's somewhat dependent on your level of skill. And I've been, it's been on my mind. I've introduced this concept. I've talked about playing at a PhD level. And look, if I had packaged this all up, at, in, if I had written this all out, right? If I had done all these hundred of ep, hundred episodes first, but not shared them, I would have had the idea of a PhD level and a basic level and an intermediate level. I'd have incorporated all that great stuff from the beginning, but I didn't. I was just making it up as I went along. But now we know there are levels to this. Uh, there are, there are levels of skill. So at a basic level, just starting out, very beginner kind of thing, record the results and restart. Simple, clean, easy. You will end up, I expect, with a lot of small wins and small losses. You will record a lot a lot of tables, a lot more tables than I record, since every shoe is, in this model, a new table. You will not have many large wins, whatever large means, because you're going to record the results at the end of every shoe. So unless you just, like, win the whole shoe, or most of the shoe, your wins are going to be more modest. Because you're stopping with a, a, a few units won and starting over. Or you're losing a few units and starting over. Very, very solid. I would start there. A bit more advanced, but still very basic. Pick, e pick either of two choices. A, start over with one unit. Or B, continue with the next bet. From a math point of view, neither answer is right or wrong. Now, personally on this one... I've always, when I made this choice, when I had to make this choice, I decided outside the casino, don't decide this in the casino, I've always gone back to a one-unit bet and moved forward. Even if my play stack is in that five, six-unit range, I'm going to start at one unit. If I win one, I'm going to go up to two units. If I win one, I'm going to go up to three units. I'm going to try to get out of it that way. It works. You'll be fine. You'll recover. You'll be surprised how often you recover. So that's pick one or the other. Either is fine. Start over with one unit. I mean, look, I guess there's three choices here, right? You can have done record and, and restart. So you could pick record or restart, start over with one unit, or continue with the next bet. I would think if you're if you're making this choice, you've left that record and restart model behind. That would be my expectation. PhD level, right? The big boy level. The I've been doing this for a while level. I get it level. Evaluate and make situational choices. That's the PhD level of this. Let me give you some examples. You've been playing for over an hour. You'd like to be up eight to 10 units before you start preparing to leave on the positive side. So your, your play stack is 10 units. Your win stack is six units or some variation thereof. You're in good shape. You're trying. Your goal was to get to the eight unit level and then start the process of separating from the table with a win. But the guy that just sat down smells bad and a new dealer just rotated in to send somebody on break and you know from experience that they're really not a very good dealer. They're not a dealer maybe you enjoy their personality or they're a dealer that has no personality that just hands out the cards or they do a horrible job. They're not very good at the job of being a dealer. I'm making stuff up. I'm illustrating. I'm not giving you facts. But if this illustration is true, I'd record. I'd take a break. I'd get a root beer. I'd find a new table. Maybe I'd go play some bubble craps and see if I could finish my day playing bubble craps. Situational choice. High level skill. Another example. First shoe at a new table. Play stacks at eight. Win stacks at three. What do I do in this situation? I regroup. And I wish if I could go back in time and tweak episode 63. Episode 63 is about regrouping. 
episode, a lot of the core concept segment of episode 63 is about the idea of regrouping and how to apply regrouping to the wagering systems. Play stack at eight, win stack at three, I'm going to regroup. I'm going to take two chips, two units off of the win stack. I am going to put them on the play stack. The play stack is at 10. The win stack is at three. I'm just getting started. It's fine. It's one shoe at one table. Play forward to a positive or a negative outcome. PhD level skill. Regroup. That's what I would do in that situation. Let's take another situation. End of the shoe. The next bet you need to make is a three unit bet. The play stack is far from complete. Uh, maybe, maybe you got almost to the negative exit. You won, you, you made the bet that if you win, you're still playing. And if you lose, you've hit your negative exit point and you're walking away. You don't have enough of a win to regroup. The next bet at the start of the next shoe should be three units. Your play stack is going to be such that if you make that bet and lose, you've hit your negative exit. Right? That's the situation we're in. I'm done. I am most likely, barring other facts that I haven't put in this illustration, I'm done. I'm recording the results, whatever they are, and I'm walking away. That's what I'm most likely to do. What I might do is I might make a one-unit bet to start the shoe and see if I could recover before I hit that negative exit. I might do that. But I'm not making the three-unit bet in that situation. I'm not. I'm not doing it. That That's me. You're welcome to make the other choice. But that's what I mean by small situational choices. We're evaluating. What would the next wager be? What is the right approach to take here? Look, I could keep making up hypotheticals all day. The point is, start out doing something simple and do it for a while. Do it for a lot of tries. See how it goes. Get comfortable. As you get more comfortable, as you learn more, as you find that you can control your emotions, as you find that you can do this, pick a choice of how you're going to do it. Start over or play on with just one unit. That would be my two choices to make. Pick an approach and stick to it all the time. Again, for a while, be comfortable. If you reach the point where you understand, and maybe some of you already do, some of you are pretty advanced gamblers out there, but if you understand TRG2 and or TRG4 well enough, if you can do it with a drink at your elbow and have a conversation and still play the wagering system, if you know what the abacus is going to tell you to do without rebuilding the abacus, then use the end of the shoe to evaluate where you are in terms of time, play stack, win stack, mental, uh, uh, how tired you are mentally, right? Where you're at in all those ways and make a situational decision, right? Use your PhD level of skill to make a PhD choice about how to handle this. Look, I have told you, and I believe it. I try to make as many decisions as possible outside the casino. Some of them have been made years ago. Bankroll, wagering system, using or not using the meta martingale, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When you're at the beginning, you want to decide, record, and restart, in my opinion. That's the choice you need to make, and you need to stick with it. As you advance, you start to see that there are some small, I'm going to call them micro decisions, that can be made, not in the heat of the moment, but in the moment. Because it's no longer a hot moment, you're just, it's normal. It's what you do. You can make some small micro decisions in the casino and still be within your casino action plan? Great question. So great that the class saw it was a question that needed to be asked. So thrilled about that. So thank you very much for asking the question. Now let's deal with what should have been a question and instead was an attacking and a little bit of an insulting statement. So here's the story. The story that illustrates what needed to be answered in my mind. A story about something I had to respond to you and I think is going to educate, inform, and illustrate some important ideas to all of you. So I told you sometime back, I forget which episode, but I told you I illustrated a home run day, a great day, an amazing win, nothing but but joy in that. But I told you that story step by step about how things went. What I didn't tell you, because I was kind of saving it for the right space, and I think this is the right space. I didn't want it to be lost. When I told you about the home run day, I wanted to show you what a home run day looked like. I didn't want to divert into this topic. 
I want to do this topic by itself. So I've held that just a little bit for you. So I am playing, and at this point in the home run day, I'm up a lot. I'm playing at a, a table that's the, the the lowest starting table that exists in the building. It's the lowest minimum wager in the whole building. And I'm playing with two older gentlemen, guys that really know the game, guys that have obviously played a lot more than I have because they're a lot older than me and they clearly know what they're doing. Not that they're necessarily doing well, but they, they know basic strategy. They're managing their money in a reasonable way. They, they look like they know what they're doing. And a, a young man comes and sits down and he's got... His buy-in money is exactly enough money to make the minimum bet once and the side bet once. And one of the old guys, probably a little grouchy because he doesn't want the cards to change, which doesn't matter, but he's probably grouchy because he doesn't want the cards to change. And he's like, you know, you should just hand that money to me and walk away because there's no way with that amount of money you're going to win anything. And obviously that probably made him defensive and probably led to what comes later. So the uninformed young man resists the information he's being offered and goes ahead with his buy-in, makes the minimum bet, makes the side bet. It's a push. He loses the side bet. He loses the next bet. He's done. And he kind of stands up angry and starts to walk away. And I stood up and I held out a business card and I said, he was right. Maybe he didn't express it well. If you'd like to understand, and now he's looking scared. I said, I do a podcast, done it for a couple years, did it to teach guys like you so that you don't have to get to be as old as I am before you understand how to do this. And he looks at me and he looks scared and he goes, nah, if you could do that, you wouldn't be playing out here. Look, I had already probably made more in a day than that young man makes in a month. Uh, don't know. Maybe not. Um, his assumption was that if I could do what I was telling him I could do, I'd be playing for a lot more than the lowest minimum table in the house. That I'd be playing a table with a much higher limit. I'd be playing for all the money, all the time, to get as much as I can. So in his mind, his interpretation, because I'm playing for relatively small dollar amounts, that I can't possibly be able to do what I told him I can do, that I can't possibly teach him how to do this and win, so something dangerous is going on. That card is dangerous. There is no education to be had. I'm trying to con him. I'm trying to scam him in some way. I'm trying to do him harm in some way by offering to teach him. And he needs to be angry and scared and insulting and move away. So let's talk through this. At the start of a meta martingale cycle, and I'm going to use teachers a couple ways here. One, because I would consider myself a teacher in some fashion here. And two, because my wife's a teacher, I know the industry well. My grandmother was a teacher. At the start of a Meta Martingale cycle, I commit to the idea that I am willing to lose about what a starting teacher would make in two weeks. And I'm willing to lose that in just a few hours. I'm not willing to lose what a starting teacher makes in a year in just a few hours. If you understand that, that model that I'm showing you. I play at a level at which I can take three Meta Martingale losses in a row and just go on. I play at a level where if I wake up broke, not broke, but mostly broke in Vegas because I drank too many Afghani car bombs with some Marines and played a little too long, I can just go get money from, from my cloud safe at an ATM and recover and have a winning trip. I don't need to win all the money every day. I just need to win some money. I take the emotions out of gambling, except the fun ones. Greed and wanting to win as much money as possible is not a fun emotion. I know, yeah, 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 greed is good, whatever the movie was. Greed is an emotion that can mess you up in a casino. It can, it will, it has. I'm not trying to win all of the money. The uninformed young man thinks that if he could do what I told him I could do, he would be trying to get all the money. Think about it. Obviously, the young man didn't know about the Meta Martingale. He doesn't. You do. So let's look at the math now in the context of if you were trying to win all the money, as much as you could, every time. So at a $10 table, doing the Meta Martingale, $100 for the first table, $200 buy-in for the second table, and assuming that doesn't go well, $400 for the next table. So $400, $200, $100, prepared to take a $700 loss-ish. There's going to be some negative exits where you have a small win, but approximately $700 that you would need to be willing to lose in a few hours. Not going to happen very often, but you need to be okay with that. 
And you need to be willing to do that three or four times according to my math. Let me talk about that again. For some of you, this is repetitious. What my tracking shows me about doing a three-tier Meta Martingale is that about 1.6 times out of every 30 attempts, it goes south and I lose most of all three buy-ins. That's how it goes. For a while, it was one in every 30 tries, and I had uh, that bad patch where I had three in six days or whatever, and another one or somewhere scattered around there, and it, it pushed the number down a little bit. It pushed the average down a little bit. So we're at 1.6 approximately out of every three tries. So I need to, in my mind, it is improbable from my numbers that I am going to have this happen three days in a row but it could happen three days in a row that wouldn't throw the math off and I need to become able to come back for a fourth day. If that improbable thing happens, I want to still be in the game. So $700, $700, $700, and I need to be able to come back, but I won't have lost exactly $700 every time. Let's call it $2,500, right? Need to be prepared to have $2,500 lose most of 700 several times and still come back with $700 and go again and be good with that. And some of you think those numbers are too small and some of you are like, wow, no, no, I can't do that. And either either one is fine. Either one is absolutely fine, right? We, I'm trying to illustrate the, the bigger picture here and I think you'll get that and I think you'll stick with me. But I understand that for some of you, $2,500 is a big number and not a number you're comfortable starting with. You need a $5 table or, or you need to be playing uh, bubble craps or roulette or something, right? To get started. I I get that. I I do understand. And now I'm going to keep making the numbers bigger and bigger until we all, I think, get uncomfortable. $25 table. I need to be prepared to do $250, $500, $1,000. Let's call it $1,800. Probably won't be all of that, but I need to be comfortable with the idea that I might need to lose $1,800 and just be comfortable coming back tomorrow and do it again. And the next day and doing it again and having all three of those things happen and having a little extra on the side to come back the fourth day. Let's call it 6K. It's not perfect math. Let's call it we need 6K. Everybody good? Everybody good with 6K? And and if it fails, I'm going to keep playing. I'm going to have another 1,800 to come back tomorrow. Okay? Some of you are. Some of you are not. Let's do it again. $50. Double all those numbers. Now we're at, uh, I lost 12K in 72 hours, and I'm coming back tomorrow for more. If you have it, if you can afford to do it, Can you mentally handle it? Can you mentally handle, I lost 12K over three days visits and I'm good. Now you can't get that out of an ATM. You you, you probably can't get 1800 out of the ATM, but you certainly can't get 12. If you lose 12K, you're going to the bank. In fact, let me tell you, (laughs) okay, let me tell you a fun story uh, and then we'll do some more math, but let's take a break. Let's have a palate cleansing TRG story. Years ago, getting ready to take Mrs. TRG to Las Vegas for like eight days. And this is uh, at a time when the mergers had not all happened. So if you went from Paris to Bally's through the tunnel, you were playing at two different casinos, right? If you went from Flamingo to what was called the Imperial Palace, you were in two different reward systems. So really wasn't playing for comps, Had not was not going to Vegas often enough to be comped. Wasn't expecting to be comped. Wasn't, was expecting to pay for everything. Full price. Taking my wife on a nice vacation. Grandparents watching the kids. Uh, so I go to the bank and, uh, we're getting ready to leave. And I'm like, here's the slip. Write things down. Blah, blah, blah. Bum, bum, bum. Hand the girl the slip at the cage. She looks a little, uh, the desk. It's not a cage in a bank. Sorry. <laughs> Casino knowledge creeping in there. So I hand the teller the slip at the bank and she looks at 10K written on the slip and she's like, did you call ahead? And I'm like, why would I call ahead? And she says, we, we, we don't have that much money. And then I kind of look scared, I'm sure. And she goes, no, no, your money's safe, but we, we don't have, we, we can't give you $10,000. I mean, if we took it out of the ATM, we could do it, but we don't, we, we don't do that. Other people do that. We can't open the ATM. Um, we could maybe, if we got down to fives and ones, get you a bag with $10,000 in it, but we wouldn't really have enough money left to operate the bank. Normally, for withdrawals of this size, you, you need to call somebody. 
And I'm like, okay, I didn't know. I, I need this money to, to go on vacation with my wife. I've been saving it for quite a while to have this money to go on vacation. And she says, let me get you a manager. So she gets a manager. We go over to the manager's office. And, and the manager explains that for amounts that big, they don't have that on hand. Could she give me a cashier's check? And I explain the situation again. And she goes, okay, yeah, that won't work. And she makes a couple phone calls. And she gives me like three grand and arranges for me to go to two other banks that are within 15 or 20 minutes, all part of the same brand of banks so that I'll end up with $10,000 and no bank will not have enough money to operate for the rest of the day. So very young TRG gets educated. But the point here is that we're now getting to numbers that you can't just go to the ATM and get. You can't in many ways go to the bank and get. You better have it sitting somewhere else or you're going to have to call the bank before you come back the next day and make arrangements. You're maybe not comfortable walking around with all of this. Are you? Are you really comfortable walking around with that much money? Maybe you're wiring it to the to the casino and pulling it out when you get there. Now let's look at $100 a hand. We're going now from $10 a hand, we're going to $100 a hand because we're trying to get all the money all the time, right? It's going to work most times. We're not probably going to have too many losing days, and we're just trying to get all the money all the time. So at $100 a hand, the first table is $1,000, second table is $2,000, next table is $4,000, k probably need at least $21,000, maybe more like $24,000, yeah, probably $25,000 to even start, and got to be good with it. Everyone got that available in money they can afford to lose and don't need to pay bills. I'm revealing a little bit about myself. I I, I just couldn't do it. I, I, we're, we're now at a point where, no, I, I need a long-term plan to get there to be comfortable doing that. Let's have fun. Let's breathe that rare air to wrap this up. We're going to get all the money. We are going to go get all of the money. We are going to play $1,000 hands as the first tier of our Meta Martingale. So that's 10K. And if that doesn't work, if we lose most of that, we're going to buy in for 20K and play 2K to 6K a hand. If that doesn't work, we're cool. We're just going to pull out another $40,000 and buy in and we're going to make bets between $4,000 and... uh, $12,000. We're playing $4,000 to $12,000 a hand. 70k at risk, right? 10, 20, 40, 70k at risk for the three tiers for one day. I'm committing when I make the first bet to the idea that if I need to lose all or most of $70,000, that's okay. That's not a big deal. And I'm prepared to do that three more times and have enough money to do it a fourth time. We're obviously not carrying that around. We're not getting it from banks. Wow. Just wow. 70K, three or four times. We're committing with that first bet of $1,000 that we're okay if we drop a quarter of a million dollars across 72 hours and that we can just replace it. It's not a big deal. Um, No. <laughs> Honestly, if, if that's you, If that's you, you're probably not bothering with any of my systems approaches or status. You are probably staying at a villa at Caesars Palace. You're staying in a private home in Vegas. It's comped. They're flying you on the plane. It's a private plane. They're picking you up in a limo. Your, Your significant other is going on shopping sprees of her choice at their expense. You're comped everything. You're comped the best of everything. You're, eh, you're probably not playing in a private room. Nah, still not playing in a private room. Still not a whale, by the way. Still maybe not a whale, but if you're playing at that level, you should be getting treated very, very well. And if you are playing at that level and doing my stuff, would you please, please call me? Would you please, I can't call me. Would you please email me? Would you please message Billy with the great last name online? Would you please somehow contact us and tell us that you're doing my stuff at that level? I mean, if nothing else, buy me a drink, right? Um, that would be amazing to be able to afford to say, ah, eh, honey, I'm committed to the idea that I'm going to try this guy's system and I may lose a quarter million dollars in three years. It's not a big deal. The uninformed young man didn't understand that math that we just went through and he didn't stick around to find out. Now, I don't see many $10 tables. I don't play at that level. I understand there are those of you that do. I understand those of you that can't, but I often play at the smallest table in the building. There may be a better way to say that. When I'm in big cities, I start there. I start at their smallest limit table. I often finish up in high limit if I need to. 
I mean, I always apply ECE's Casino Wisdom number 40. I always play the best rules my wager will buy. I like playing in high limit when the situation requires it. It's fun. But playing at the level I play at, starting at a lower limit table, it works for me. It's a level play I'm comfortable with. And the uneducated man associated playing at the lowest level table in the building with not being able to win a meaningful amount of money. That's just not true. Perhaps the uninformed young man needs to go back to school. Maybe he will find this podcast someday. And if he does, I will be very happy to teach him. That would be a wonderful thing. All right, let's go add some numbers. I've got some interesting things to share with you in the results segment. For this episode, I'm going to cover two weeks. The first two weeks of November 2022. I gambled like it was a job. A few hours every day. Monday through Friday, until I got my money for the day. Every day the casinos gave me something, often more than one something. Free slot play, free bets, storage containers for the upcoming holidays, meals, lottery tickets, all the normal stuff. Now think about that. It's just all the normal stuff. And that may have, I think back to, you know, the first few episodes, and that may have sounded just like a ridiculous thing that I was telling you. It might. If you're not If you didn't understand how to do this, if you don't yet, if you're listening for the first time and you're going, wait, what? Hold up. You got free slot play and free bets and clothing and gifts and meals and and lottery. Hold up. Wait, it's just normal, everybody. It's just normal, at least normal to all of my experiences. Build relationships with brands. They give you free stuff to make you come back to encourage you, they can't make you, to encourage you to come back. And we love going back because when we going ba- go back, we leave with the stuff and the money. It's excellent, but this is all the normal stuff. And I'm going to admit right now, the outcome is boring. The outcome is absolutely boring. So boring that I'm not even going to give you a number of days one. We can do that next episode. I had no, as in zero, losing days. Not one. Not one single losing day. I got my day's pay or more every single day, five days a week, uh, 10, maybe 11 with a bonus day in there somewhere, 10, 11 days in, in the first two weeks of November. So here's the conclusion, at least for where we are at the moment. Maybe it's a hypothesis. Either this all works, if done the way I've explained it, if done the way I'm doing it, either this all works or I'm on one of the longest random heaters of my life. By the time we got to November 15th, my win streak was at almost six weeks. By November 15th, it had been a month and a half since the last time doing casino combat the way I do it had created a losing day. So I'm going to pull out some highlights for you. And let's start with the first day of the month, because the first day of the month always makes me a little nervous, and I don't know why. I don't know why I finished October, it's been a great month, and the month before that and the month before that, you know all the stories there, but I get to that first day of the month, and the app is all zeros, because the spreadsheet's been emptied, the month has been recorded, October's in the books, it's saved as its own thing, and I'm looking at a wall of zeros, everything is zero, and I understand that those can quickly become negative numbers, and I might have to catch up for that, but for that reason... The first of the month always makes me a little nervous. So let me show you how the first of the first day of the month went. Walk into my local casino, hit bubble craps, plus two units. All good. All fine. All fun. First blackjack table, tier one, minus seven units, negative exit. So that's minus five for the day. I'm minus five units for the day. No reason to go to tier two. Another blackjack table. Take a break. Look at the Buddha statue. Say hi to some friends. Go get a root beer. I do like root beer, by the way. Hit another blackjack table, tier one, minus five units. So I got a small win stack there, and then it went south, and I end up minus five units. So that's a total of minus 10 units for the day so far. Okay, fine, no big deal. On to tier two. Tier two, plus 23 units at tier two. That's a plus 13 units for the day. That's really an easy way to start the month. All those nerves, those nerves are gone. Just quick, easy, Little bubble craps, one, two, three tables, little run of good cards at the second, at the third table at tier two, and we've got our money for the day, and we're off to a good start for the month. Couple of days later, we have people repainting the house. Mrs. TRG has after work stuff. I got to my day's pay really early. Got there real quick. Went to the bar, did order a drink. Hang out with Kindred Spirit a bit. 
went and did equine ensigns modified iron cross at a really cheap craps table playing just kind of table minimum bets with part of my win hanging out with gabriel and spiked dice really like having my pre-pandemic casino back and that is just it's just great i was just spending time with longtime friends and making money and i still i i, I still sometimes pinch myself and say trg is this real is this really real have you accomplished this lifelong quest that you now just walk into the casino and make your money and see your friends and take a little of your winnings and hang out at the craps table, which is something when I started this podcast, I didn't even know how to do. It's it's just really great. And I'm still really amazed by it. <laughs> I am. Next day, I had a couple of chances to buy the coffee. I'd won my day, my money for the day, and I'm in line at the cage to turn chips into dollars as I walk out the door. And a couple of spots behind me, It's kind of a long line, and there's a very angry man. He is yelling and screaming that they should have more people working the cage. The line is too long. He needs to leave. He has an Uber coming that tells you he'd had some cocktails, and he's getting madder and madder. And now at this cage, what you need to understand is there is a special line for people who are at Tier 5 in the local casino players club. I've been told that they limit that tier to just the top 100 players in terms of action given. People that bet the most, right? Whether they win or lose doesn't matter, but they, they, they're the biggest players at this casino. The top 100 get a special card that's invitation only. And of course, as this man is getting angry and angrier and madder, someone walks into that line just as a transaction is finished at the cage. So... The, the privileged player, rightly, goes to the cage. They go to take their spot that they've earned through their play. And the man behind, two spots behind me, just erupts. Swear words, kicks a pillar, just an entire, it's a temper tantrum, a temper tantrum, right? If the young lion, who's two going on three, did that, we'd just call it a temper tantrum. And we say, we understand you're mad, calm down, calm down. But I don't know what you do with a toddler, with a grown man, bigger than me, younger than me. Having a tantrum, kicking walls, yelling, swearing, and I guess I did kind of the adult equivalent. I turned around and said, I'm not in a big hurry here. Just switch places with me. It won't impact anyone but you or I. You'll be a little closer to being able to get the door, get to the door. And he didn't hear me the first time. And I had to kind of, you know, put my hand on his arm and repeat myself. But he finally understood and we switched places. And he calmed down. And I suspect he was now a bit embarrassed if if I'm reading body language right. It calmed him down. He still had to wait a bit. There were still a couple people ahead of him in line. But he at least waited quietly. And everyone's weight was greatly improved. And the walls were a bit saved. So there we go. Coffee one bought. So there we are. Like eight people, nine people waiting in line with TRG in the middle of the pack. And an older lady walks up to the line, you know, kind of perpendicular to it or... Anyway, there's all these people standing in line, including me, and she walks up into the middle of the line, uh, leans across the rope, and says, Excuse me, I have a winning lottery ticket. Is this where I cash that in? And I just said, No, ma'am. You need to turn around. You need to go across the sky bridge to the right, down an escalator, and there will be a gift shop, and that is the only place in this building that you can cash your ticket. And so she says, Oh, thank you, young man. And I'm not sure how many more young mans I have left in my life. So that was really nice. You know, I'm getting to a point where there's not a lot of people left that are going to be throwing young mans my way. So it was nice to get one of those. Two coffees bought while waiting to get my cash and and get on with my day. Let's see. What else? Let's look here. Let's see what you got. Oh, yeah. This was a neat day. Just a perfect little slice of casino combat. And because it was, I'm going to pull this part out for you and go through a day. And I, I don't do that as much anymore because there's just so many days, right? Back in back at the beginning when I was gambling once a week, because that's about all I could do with the pandemic, we got these a lot. Blow by blow reports, table by table. Let me show you this perfect little slice of casino combat. I did some work for a client. I stopped at that horse track with the slot parlor. I got some free lunch. I watched some horses train. I got a gift. I played my free slot play using TRG slot strategy number one. If you're not familiar with that, go to CasinoCombat.com, spell combat with a K, click on Fred, look for the ebook Casino Combat Slot Tactics. I explain that strategy in that book. It is free. As I said, free ebook. 
not going to ask you for any information. Just click, download the PDF, and read it if you're interested. Anyway, I'm spinning and spinning and getting a few pennies here and a few pennies there. Not much of anything. I pushed the button for the last of the free play, and I hit a bonus round of free spins with extra wilds that lock in place. And I sit there for about 10 minutes, and I watch the machine play itself to a total of a third of a day's pay win. Excellent. What a great start. Horses, food, gift, money. Casino combat. Just what I told you would happen. So I'm on to my local full-service casino, because I don't have a day's pay yet. And they gave me a very nice jacket, and they comped my parking, and they gave me some uh, imaginary tax-free funny money into my account, because I'm old. And I can spend that at some point on whatever I would like. So I play some bubble craps just to keep gathering data, and I won some money. And at this point, I'm in good shape for the day. I head to a blackjack table and very quickly win a few units. I have the rest of the money I need for a day's pay, and I'm out the door. Small wins are the easiest wins to accomplish. This day kind of illustrates that. The first small win was done with free money, none of my money at risk, right? Boom. Done. In fact, as I'm talking through it with you, let's really think about this. I started with just free money. I won a third of a day's pay. I put roughly a third of a day's pay into the bubble craps machine and won some more money. When I go to the blackjack table, I quickly and easily win the rest of what I need for the day and I leave. Because of the sequence of the small wins, I never had any money at risk. Never. I never went deep enough into the play stack to get past what I had won at slots and bubble craps. So the free money I won with free slot play at the horse track became, for the most part, the money that went into the bubble craps machine. And I never got into my own money at the bubble craps machine. So those two pieces of money, which are all house money, became the money I played at the blackjack table. I won a day's pay, and I never risk a single penny of my own money. I never risk, put at risk, any of the money that I had in my pocket when I left my house. And that's why I wanted to highlight this day. This is a perfect casino combat day in many ways. Casinos close to home that fit easily into my daily routine. Nice gifts, free lunch, a nice win with free play I was given, funnel that fueled that provided the, the, the buy-ins, there's the word I'm struggling to find, TRG, the free slot play provided the money to act as the bankroll to finish the wins for the day. It's easy to win small amounts of money, and it's easy to then build a full day's pay out of it and head home. Love that day. In fact, <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I love it. That is the perfect epitome of casino combat. Take their free stuff, take their free money, win more free stuff, Win the rest of your money and leave. All right, what's next? Let's see here. Uh, let me show you a real-life three-tier Meta Martingale Day. And uh, Billy with the great last name did this with some gambling he did recently where he showed the day in units instead of in day's pay. Day's pay is a unit. It's just not a unit you gamble with. It's a goal you gamble toward. So, bubble craps. I win just a bit more than one unit. And I I need to kind of tell you what I've started to find is true for me, at least, at Bubble Craps. As I'm doing TRG4, win more, keep more, on the Bubble Craps machine, just to see how well I can apply TRG4 to the don't pass bet in craps, I started telling myself that if I make the bet that would hit my win goal of the unit size I'm betting at uh, Bubble Craps. So if I do that, then... I'm going to leave or try to stretch my win, but I'm going to leave with most of that. If I win that bet, fine. But if I don't win that bet, that's fine too. I'm going to leave with the slightly smaller win and be happy. That's how I've been approaching bubble craps. It's been a modification I've been playing around with a little bit. So I'm translating that number, that bubble craps number into a blackjack number. So I left bubble craps with a bit more than a one unit win from what would be a blackjack unit. I probably explained that badly, but small win. Onto the blackjack table. Minus three units when I hit my negative exit. So down just a little tiny bit. Certainly not enough to trigger moving on to tier two in any way, shape, or form. Next blackjack table. Minus nine tier one units lost. So that's nine plus call it two. That's 11 units. And I always say there's a little extra in the blackjack buy-in in case you need to double or split on the very last bet. 
I made the last bet. I doubled the last bet. I lost the last bet. That's why that loss is a little larger than ideal. So on to tier two. And tier two, let me remind you, we double the unit size and we double the buy-in. And I lost 11 base units, which is a bit more than five tier two units. So we are on to tier three at this point. Tier three, we are going to once again, double the unit size. So four times the original unit size and four times the original buy-in. I won 12 and a half tier three units, which is more than 48 tier one units. That's a nice profit for the day. Now, over and over, here's what I observe. In fact, here's what we're almost always looking for when we are doing TRG2 or TRG4 at any level, at any tier. We are looking for what happened at this tier three table. One good run on the progressive side usually solves the day. It's going to be a bit more grindy if you're doing this with Bach. It's going to be a bit more grindy if you're doing this with craps because you don't have these situations where the math says you have an advantage, you should bet more. Those doubles, those splits. And when you hit those on a good run on the progressive side, it's even better. So in this case, while I had two losing tier one tables, a losing tier two table, I'm at the tier three table, we're betting bigger numbers, we're getting bigger points. And I go on a nice run of winning hands. I get all the way to the point where I'm making that top uh, TRG2 or TRG4 progressive wager. Progressive wagers, those are wins. Those are bets that get larger after a win or a series of wins. That's a progressive wager. So in this case, I won two hands, and then I won the next hand, and the next hand, and the next hand, and the next hand, and the next hand. And now I'm at two and a half tier three units. If I win this, I'm done for the day. I've got all my losses back. I've got my day's pay. I'm in good shape if I win this hand. If I don't win this hand, I'm going to have to win a couple more and start back through, but I'm still going to have a nice big win stack. Everything is good here. My cards are dealt. I get an ace and a four. The dealer has a five. I double. I ask for the card face down so I can't see it, which they will do for you in high limit. It adds some suspense. We've talked about Schrodinger's card before. I believe in Schrodinger's card. The card down is all possible cards until it's observed. The dealer draws on their five. The dealer draws to 18. We flip my card that is all possible cards. I have a four under 420. I needed to win two and a half to be done for the day. I've just won five. Here's a tip. Thanks, everyone. I'll see you all tomorrow. And it's nice to go to work and say goodbye to all your coworkers and say, I'll see you tomorrow. And they all know they will. And they kind of know we're going to have the same outcomes all over again. I did make a quick trip. I did actually do some travel. I made a quick trip west and north about two and a half hours to the MGM property that I really like. Really like that place. As I continue to put more focus on my MGM relationship, I'm seeing how important that property is going to be going forward. In fact, I'm kind of seeing that maybe next year going into the new year, I'm going to be less concerned about my choice as a focus and more concerned about MGM as a focus going to change the mix up a little bit. I think MGM is certainly becoming the priority relationship, although I wish they had more places, but at least they're nice and close. I had a nice trip. I won plenty of money, but let me show you one table that illustrates the most common way things go wrong. Cause I just showed you a great meta Martingale, right? You know, wonderful ending. Let me show you the most common way that things go wrong. And this is quite frankly, the argument for Baccarat or don't pass at craps. This is the argument for that because this is when things go wrong. I had a couple of losing tier one tables on to tier two, double the unit size, double the buy-in, lose the first hand, make the TRG four, win more, keep more second bet of two units, two tier two units. You get a pair of sixes against a dealer's three. I end up split three times and doubled once. So pair of sixes, split them. That's another bet. Get a three on the first hand, double it. That's another bet. Get another six on the second hand, split again. Those two hands, total of four bets, each a two unit bet at tier two. And I lose all those hands. That's eight tier two units gone just like that. That wipes out the whole whole play stack. It's gone. There is no win stack because I lost the first hand. Didn't ever have a chance to win anything. And very quickly on just a couple hands, I'm done. I'm on to tier three. Now, win that hand and all the losses from tier one are replaced and you're back to even or maybe a little bit of a profit and things are good, but lose it and tier two didn't take very long. 
No worries in this case. Tier 3 with the unit size doubled once again. Kicked out a 16 tier 3 unit win in about 45 minutes it looks like from the notes. That's equal to 64 tier 1 units. So suddenly all the rest of those losses are not a big deal, right? This is the process doing what the process is supposed to do. But that is the most common way you get wrecked. We're not gambling for the machine or the table or even the day for the most part. We are gambling for the month. It's okay when these things happen, but they are not fun. They do not feel good. And I, yeah, I constantly feel bad for people who listen to me, try this, and this is one of their first few experiences. You know, the, the it doesn't go right, and all of a sudden you're wiped out. It's, it's not fun. And it's not going to be fun if you're doing it early on an early bankroll. All right. I rambled enough. Let's see what else do I need to share. Looks like that's about uh, that. Oh, hey, yeah, this is worth mentioning. It's just kind of something I notice. I know most of the dealers at my local casino. I've known them for years. And there is a thing that happens repeatedly. I've seen it happen over and over. I'm playing alone. I get talking and trading stories with the dealers and talking about an upcoming trip they're going to take to Vegas and, you know, this and that and the other thing. And I'm, I'm not really paying attention. I'm I, I mean, I'm paying attention to the details in a casino wisdom, a moment of casino wisdom point of view, but I'm kind of playing on autopilot, which if you use the play stack and win stack as an abacus approach, it's really after a while, it's very easy to do. You really don't have to pay much attention to it. And it seems like every time I get to that place where the conversation is more interesting than the cards, the win just piles up. Boom, boom, boom. End of the shoe. End of the story. Hey, that's perfect. That's my win. Thanks. See you tomorrow. Enjoy your trip to Las Vegas. Watch for that. See if that happens to you. When you get good at this, let me know if you see that phenomenon too. I've noticed it for years and it's almost something that needs a name and I'm not sure what I would want to call it, but you get in this zone where the, the, the conversation is more important than the money and the money just kind of shows up. Looking through things here, I, I think that's about it. Nice winning two weeks. Got a chance to buy some coffee, got some free stuff. Here we go. Here we go. On to the virtual VIP lounge and historical event is about to occur. A little bit of the bubbly. Our lounge is open and we have the best virtual everything virtually all the time. The best virtual bottles of both hard and soft drinks. An amazing virtual buffet. Pour a drink, make a plate if you can, particularly if you can today. Press pause and pour yourself something and and then come back and join me. I have opened a bottle of champagne. I have poured some for myself to celebrate a big event, a really, really big event. For the first time ever in our virtual VIP lounge, we have music, unique and special music, music that I am licensed to use. This has been on my mind for a minute, a lot longer than a minute. There is a song from my youth that I always liked. The original was always, for me, a bit ironic. I think it was intended to have some irony in it. I've had it redone for us and performed by a professional. And in some ways, I think I've replaced the irony with just a little underlying bit of sarcasm. I really, really hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, I give you the Casino Combat Blues. You all. 
enjoyed that i hope you thought it was fun i hope it's i really hope it's something you want to listen to again um if you do we're going to put both the lyrics and an mp3 file on the website for you to download and enjoy if you would like it's going to all be there you can you can read the lyrics you can understand exactly what is uh intended from all of it and and you're welcome to use it and enjoy it please tip your waitresses tip your bartenders tip your dealers if you have a host tip your host don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. In 10 years, we may find out I was wrong about all of this. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. It's just the core concepts, the casino concepts.